Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Legend Rouge Cycling Podcast for Bass Country Stage 3. Quick shoulder price recap. Is Cav back? Did he never leave? both men and women's, but we start with our World Tour race of the day, the Muro stage in the Basque Country, the best stage entertainment-wise, I think, so far. We had last year, remember when Vingegaard crashed Vlasov on the really steep uphill finish in the wet? We had a similar situation today, absolute comedy gold. Well, not for the riders involved, but I thought it was pretty funny watching... Um, in this finish, some really great moments in this back-to-back climb stage. So, yeah, I think it was a great stage. What were you up to today, Benji? You went to like you did a VO2 test. Yeah, not, a VO2 this max is not a test. plug, by the way. <laughs> I did a VO2 max test at like university here in uh, West Flanders, and um, a VO2 max test is basically they're trying to like figure out how much o- how much oxygen your lungs can like go through to make you sports that's like the worst explanation i've ever done in my life (laughs) (laughs) how much oxygen you do to to sport (laughs) what you know what i mean you know what i mean (laughs) so that's what we're going maximal aerobic intake or oxygen intake yeah oxygen you can intake when you're when you're doing stuff anyway (laughs) i did that and they basically like while you're doing a bit of a ramp test so like the ramp test we have on zwift that kind of stuff where they like put a needle into your finger and check the lactate in your blood oh, every you now and that. then. Yeah, to figure out at what point you have too much lactate in your blood and therefore yeah, well, your are threshold is. having trouble on the bike. Um, yeah. These explanations are like, if I was doing explanations in university, everybody would pause the exam. <laughs> I mean, it probably wouldn't be the PhD <laughs> lecturer <laughs> in, in it. But anyway, that was good you did that. I got a haircut. And- Oh, sorry, really? you're not finished. I did a sprint as well. And oh, it's yeah, actually a pretty good, good sprint. Uh, I'll spoil that sprint for you because podcast listeners are, are very friendly to my heart. And my 15 second power is 1,081, which is kind of crazy. Good. I didn't expect that. But um, your haircut looks like it's, it's like so air you can also do 1,000 watts. <laughs> well, I went in and I said, you know how it is. I go in, I say, give me the La Liga left winger with two... D- <laughs> two-star defensive work rate in FIFA. Like, I'm sorry, sir, you're far too pale and Irish looking for that. Um, <laughs> we'll give you just a short back and sides. I even show them the FIFA Ultimate Team photo of the guy, but no, they won't do it. So this is what I got. My horse ran last night, Rogue Bear. Did all right. I got up early in the morning to watch it. Anyway, Basque Country. This profile, 163Ks from Errenteria to Amasa Villabona. It has, it's just a hard up and down stage with lots of steep, narrow climbs and descents. The final, though, proper starts with, let's say, 45Ks to go. With the Orendane climb, that then, that's about 3Ks, 7%, and a little bit afterwards. Then they have four climbs, all about a kilometer at 10% plus, give or take, with steep 
narrow descents through farm country as they make their way. Uh, no, they don't finish on the coast. It's in the middle of the Basque country. And the final was very, very steep, like 20% ramps, walking territory for me and narrow. Not the worst road surface, though. So we'd be interested to see. We've got EF, Carapaz and Chavez, two dual threat. <laughs> Ineos got Martinez, I think, in really good shape, but he lost 30-plus seconds yesterday because of the... Uh, mechanical, which he frequently has. He, he always has mechanicals on descents. Like, this happens a lot. Um, and Yama Visma have Jonas Vingegaard, but how would the team go? You know, could they control a really difficult, steep stage like this? And of course, there's Lander and Enric Maas, but I would say the Movistar team here has been a little bit, uh, a little bit underwhelming, frankly, for, for Maas. So we had a breakaway. As usual, a stronger break than I expected, Benji. Yeah, but Emi Cavanian there, he's been climbing pretty well recently. He's been trying to get this one-week GC rider roll upon himself, but let's be honest about it, it's never going to happen. But he's been climbing well despite that, and he's still good in breakaways. So I liked seeing that. He was one of the stronger riders in the breakaway today next to Yael Latour, the man of many wisdoms when it comes to attacks in weird moments. Simon Geschke in the break as well, the uh, almost polka dot jersey guy from the tour last year. Zimmermann uh, from Anton Marche. That's the dude that fell after Germany in the World Championships wrote their entire team into nothing for him, which is really unfortunate, but I was also surprised they wrote their entire team into the floor for him. Was that being said, I have absolutely no clue. Get I'll an check Alec. while you keep going. Okay. Get an Alec. And Prodom also in the breakaway. Two dudes, two French dudes on French teams. Ajazer and Arkea, basically. But before we go back to... Uh, Patrick talking about John Degenstash. The break was caught with 30k to go and the murals were coming. But now, Degenstash news. Have you found the wisdom? No, he didn't go. I wanted to blame him for weird tactics. <laughs> but he didn't go, so I can't blame him. Um, breakaway with Cavagna. This guy's a few, like a little bit tight on GC actually on 10 seconds. And Geshka's. He came second or third in Romandy last year. Like, he's not just mm -hmm. some random guy. I know he's like 37, but he's still good yep. in these one-week races. And so, I think it was Cavania pulling it too. Anyway, they get to the Alzo climb, I think it is. They yes. all have very difficult names to pronounce. And this is the climb where there is a valley of about 8Ks, give or take, before the next climb. The rest of the climbs... Very limited valley between them, 2Ks at the most. And so I thought it was going to kick off on the Azibar climb because it was narrow. It was 1,500 meters, 9.7%. There was, if I just look at the gradients on it, like uh, over 10% extended sections. But here it was a move from Lawrence Suisse, I think. And then Molimer and Chavez followed him. Pardon? Lawrence who? Lawrence Meadowese. <laughs> Meadowese. Okay, I'll take it. That's actually a good one. <laughs> but hey, yeah, he was going. Heiss, Mollema, and Chavez. And the Why thing is there he is like, Heiss and it's Meadowese? Because Meadowese is in Wallonia and Lawrence Heiss is Flemish. How do you know? Because he has the lion in his heart. I'm just inventing shit right now. Yeah. I'm going to need uh, someone from Brussels to mediate this dispute. Remco Evenepoel, <laughs> you're the man. 
<laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a good move for EF, right? They got Carapaz behind. Chavez is strong. He was good in Catalonia. He's actually, the guy won Lombardia. He can do yep. short climbs. He's very, the only problem is the valley afterwards, but there was a real lack of anything in the peloton behind Benji because Martinez is on the front. No one. Vingard, no one. Movistar with Mars, no one. Bahrain with Lander, no one. So the four top teams, apart from EF, they didn't have Volta chasing. They didn't have Castroviejo, Plap, Guerrero, don't know where he was. And so this gave Chavez and that move a real chance. Um, they got 20 seconds just like that. Although he does have to do this valley in between the climbs. Yeah, indeed. And the thing that I was thinking was on the climb itself is the reason that they're not responding that their domestiques are behind because the road is so narrow. But then I also noticed that they just didn't have that many domestiques left in the first place, a lot of these teams. But I did see Attila Walter sitting on like, was it third row on the Alto yeah, climb still? There. So he was there. But I also believe that if you're Yumbo, you don't want to use him up on this climb because you're like, Chavez, Molema Heis, well... Vingegaard is going to wipe the floor with those guys once we get to the harder stages. So on paper, I don't want to use Walter here yet. I think that's what they have in mind at this yeah. point in the race. And maybe a Movistar with a Domestique on third row thinks the same. Maybe the other ones think the same. So I think it's partially that they also didn't really feel like they needed to respond to this, that it would fold back together. And if it didn't, well, it's not really the guys that are going to win GC anyway. That being said, we're heading towards that... Uh, Valley to the Osbar climb, which is uh, uh is it the Osbar climb? Yes, it is the yeah, Osbar yeah. climb. 17k to go. Chavez basically drops the other two uh in the breakaway, so Heisen and Molema dropped, but they get called by the Peloton very quickly, but then then it happens. The brutal <laughs> attack in the Peloton that was not so brutal. Landa just moves to the front and up the base of it, is how I looked at it. And Kofidis was neutralizing that with a domestique, which I enjoyed Rocha's seeing. He's right. a gear, eh? With actual support. Remy Rocha, talk about it for a second. We always talk about riders on a team like Ajdezer, on a team like Groupama, on a team like Kofidis, maybe less Groupama these days. If they move towards a, a more Ineos-like team or a Yumbo team or a quick step, how much better can they become? I would like to see Remy Rocha on one of those teams because I believe he can actually get better. I'm sure he can get better. But he's very small. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, like, a rider has to, if you look at guys who are really good in GC, they have to have the capacity to ride at over 400 watts for a sustained period of time and for that not to completely cook them. And that's yeah. why we mention things like, and you hear the commentators basically saying the analog version of that, being like, ooh, I'm surprised Chavez went there because there's this flat valley because yep. Chavez can't do 400 watts on the flat and then just pump out the climbs. Vingegaard and Remco and the small, these small guys are kind of the anomaly that they seem they can do 400 watts on the flat. That's why also if you look at the average weight or the probably the meta weight for a GC contender, it's about 64 to 66 kilos, probably about 64, 65, which is Roglic, because you can do 400 watts on the flat for Kovadonga, and then you can do the climb. If you do take Rimi Roshan and you add him to the quick step train, where would he be in the train? Good question. It, like, but how fast can Remy Roshan pull on 5%, 6%? 
on 5%, 6%, yeah, but on the steeper ones, he can make a difference, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Koffer is not too bad the last couple of years. He's 26, but yeah, he's, he's a good rider. And if you look through his results, actually, you can see that there might be a little bit more there, as Benji says. I just think he's probably not like a... Volta was super young, so then Yumbo yeah. were like, ooh, we can mold you, and so maybe his age 100%. is counting against him. Um, anyway, he was doing a really good job. Lando looked on. Martinez was kind of... Him and Vingegaard were both on this climb. They were at the front, and then clearly they were like, well, I'm not going to chase Chavez myself, and they didn't have anyone either. And Chavez was looking really good. He dropped the other two, as we said, and he's going now in the zone with four back-to-back-to-back -back -back climbs in 14 kilometers. If the descents are really passive and he can go full gas, he can take time back on those descents. But unfortunately for him, it looked like everybody, all the other GC contenders just accepted Yumbo would pace at a certain pace. Uh, Rochas kind of, he actually went for the stage or not went for the stage, but he kept his powder dry. Lando went back into the group. And the same moment, Benji, who paced for quite a while here, keeping the gap at a reasonable level. Exactly. And then we get to a climb that is nine kilometers from the finish. I don't know the exact name, but it's an uncategorized one from the organizers itself. The thing is... The cemetery. The cemetery climb. <laughs> the cemetery climb, okay. Yeah. Not because people died. People died when Juan, <laughs> El Patron, Juanpe, <laughs> El Patron... Juanpe Lopez. I forgot Lopez for a second. I've been calling him Juanpe El Patron for so long that I forgot he was actually called Lopez. Anyway, he attacks. Actually, in response to James Knox, but let's be honest about it. When El Patron does something, we only talk about El Patron. And yeah, incredible stage here. <laughs> him and James Knox <laughs> attack behind Chavez and basically bridge up to Chavez in the next couple of kilometers after the climb. In the peloton, we see the same tempoing happening and that happens into the descent of that climb as well and we're moving towards the second last climb which is with 4k to go all these bloody climbs but that's the cool part of the stage everything's happening at once and um chavez basically gets dropped for a tiny bit catches up a tiny bit on the climb and behind we've got like a small move it looks like a dsm rider attacks i don't know if it was Lechnesund, but we had a response by mauro schmidt walter and carapaz i think walter was probably marking that move yeah, he but was. It quickly changed to Walter facing once the group caught up to them. So that looked like the moment where Yumbo said, okay, Omen's gone, Walter time, let's kick him in action, Attila the Hun. And he keeps on going with that Peloton group behind the tree, dudes at the front. But we got to talk about the cooperation in the front crew. crew. Let's you can talk crew. about it. So Juanpe gets the group, and he, <laughs> you know, I love El Patron. And I started as a meme a little bit, but it's like, I think he is kind of built like that. He gets yeah. the group and he is just outraged that Chavez is not pulling equally, like incensed. Bear in mind, Chavez went four climbs ago and got dropped <laughs> the minute they bridged him. They didn't show there was an intermediate sprint at the top of like second or third last climb. They didn't show it. No idea who took three seconds. Doesn't matter. And Chavez... So Chavez is just trying to conserve a little bit. He knows, like, Juanpe and Knox. Knox is stronger on the flat than Juanpe and Chavez as well. But the flat runs to the final climb. And Juanpe backs himself off the break. No, sorry, off Knox twice. Yep. First time, half the time, looking at Chavez, 
you pull through? Chav is like, no. And then Juan Bay has to do a long close in the wind to Knox. Second time, he just dehents himself. The Rubio dehent Ghana special from the Giro in 2021 or whenever <laughs> it was. He's just like, nah, if you're not going to pull, we both lose. <laughs> just let's Knox go the road. Even though he has good legs, he's going to drop Chavez. <laughs> Knox just looks at it. It's like, all right, I'll just go. Thanks. I don't have to attack you on the climb. And. It's just mental. <laughs> like, so Knox goes on to the last climb on his own. Walter has got this stage locked down. Whether the break could have made it if they'd fully cooperated on the flat? Possibly. Po- it, it, they certainly didn't do themselves any favors. <laughs> they catch Knox with Walter pacing like 700 meters to go. We still have over two minutes left, I think, because this is so steep. Juan Pei then attacks from just in front of Walter. And gets a big gap. Like he had great legs. He would have dropped Knox and Chavez if he'd worked with them and could have won this stage. And I was like, he's not going to win from the peloton now, is he? Like full Patron style, (laughs) made Knox and Chavez lose. And then he's like, I'll just win anyway. And then Volta's pacing, Volta's pacing. Now, there's a tactic. First of all, Volta pulls off. This is like 300 meters to go, but we still have a fair bit. When I saw this finish, and they showed it for an interminable amount of time when the final was still on, I was like, someone is going to crash here. Because it only takes one guy, because it's so steep, to flick a little bit left or right, and then domino effect. And we saw it with um, Serrano and Lopez in that Andalusia uphill finish, yep. where they sque- try to squeeze through the barrier. We saw it with Vingegaard and Vlasov last year. We've seen Higita has had a few issues with uphill finishes, not as steep as this before. Um, Kai likes to come up. I think he came up the inside of Vlasov in that Romandy finish last year. Yeah. And Vlasov thought about <laughs> putting him in there, closing the door. Valter lets, he's done to the point where he lets Vingegaard take Juan Pei's wheel, Benji, which I think is probably a good idea. He's like, that's going to be my finish point. And I thought Vingegaard was going to attack around Juan Pei, and then you, mm-hmm. when it's so narrow, you use the dropped rider as a block to your wheel. So you attack, go in front of Juan Pei, he's cooked, and he'll like drop through the group and there's not much space. It but Agita Benji, well, it's sort of Agita <laughs> maybe tried that because Vingegaard didn't launch. Exactly. We saw Higita try and move up in the group on the left side, when we're looking at the screen, basically past Lopez, but Lopez at the end of his energy power. Like, this dude is swerving from left to right a tiny bit, but then it hits his legs probably, because he starts moving significantly to the right. Next to that, the barriers are a bit wonky, so it's not the most straight barriers. And Higita probably realizes when he's like next to the back wheel of Lopez, oh god, my space in front of me is getting smaller. And Lopez moves to the, moves to the barrier. Because he, he, like, let's be honest about it, he's done for. He's completely done for. And straight up chops Higita. Now, first reaction... And then Higita throws him back into the group. Yeah, and, and you, missed, you missed the most important part. There's a volunteer standing by the side of the road. Why? I think it's a volunteer. Yeah, Maybe... Shimano neutral, neutral Service. A Shimano Neutral Service dude, yeah. okay. The dude is standing there, and With he bikes. sees it happen. And what do you, does he think? 
I'm going to try and help everybody that was just stopped by this move by pushing them forward. <laughs> no, and to by run doing into the so, group. It's 20 deep. <laughs> and also, it's not a small guy. Uh, like, he's not like Chavez size either. Like a normal size human. And he runs into the middle of the group. Bear in mind, this finish is four Vinga guards wide, two and a half me wide. And this dude runs in the middle of it, like his arms out. Trying to push simultaneously Carapaz, who's been completely fucked over, and Igita, or he's trying to push both of them with his arms full. He's doing a wingspan test, like he's at the NBA Combine. <laughs> and Hermione can't move. I don't know how Enric Mas didn't unclip. He track stands for a little bit and then keeps going. But Jonas Vingegaard, he has just started his attack, looks back, and he's like, fuck, I must have good legs because I've got a 10-meter gap. And then just kicks it in. He was, he was on the left side. He completely avoided it. I guess that's why front, front position is important because Martinez, Martinez wasn't so affected by this when I watched. He was on the far right side as we looked at it. I just think he didn't have it. Lander was affected by this, but you start the climbing bad position. These things happen. And... Um, Mask goes after Vingegaard, but the stage is over at that point. Vingegaard dancing up a Muro like this, you're not going to bring him back if he gets a head start like that. I thought if it's all equal, Enric, I think you said maybe, and Martinez, but I thought actually Lander was equally strongest on this climb. If you see where he comes from after that incident, comes around Enric and goes ahead of him and finishes at pace, Lander was really, really strong on this finish, but it doesn't matter. Vingard wins the stage in what was um, like a Monty Python sketch finish. Yeah, and there's one thing I do need to mention. In that GC group, there was not just one Movistar rider, Enric Mas. Alexa Rambudu was there, and I didn't see him work for Enric Mas. I he think he wrote 10. for his own result and finished 10th. Bro, what is going on? <laughs> and Guerrero finished 16th. He was in the group. I feel like Guerrero was most likely working for Maz a bit more than Anarambudu was in this situation. When? I just didn't see it. <laughs> I mean, maybe they... Listen, when Chavez was up the road, there was no moto right on front of the GC group for a lot of the time, so there might have been people helping with position and we didn't really see helicopter shots, but from what I could see... Yeah. I mean... Like, they should ride for Enric and help him as much as possible, but I just watched the Movistar documentary, and it's like, Enric fucked over Lopez on Velofique. And when yeah. you do that, people, like, it's a short term, it helped him guarantee second, but long term, wouldn't have been my play. Um, yeah, but that was when... Isn't, well, wasn't there, yeah. so... <laughs> well, exactly, why does Guerrero and Ambrou care? I mean, do they think the show? Ambrou can't win this stage. At all. Hey, I did call him as, like, the rider that would win today, but it's I was so steep. joking. <laughs> it was very unlikely that he would. But, um, yeah. I don't think he has the capabilities of winning this stage, especially if it's, like, an uphill sprint finish. Like, he, he was... Top three in the mood, we finish the Dalafilippo one and to the Wallonie, but this is against... That, was only, that wasn't a full way, though, was it? I don't know. Can you stop a halfway mood, we? I would I if I do it. I thought it wasn't a full mood, we. I would the accidentally full, stop halfway. It wasn't a full Lawrence Weiss. Weiss. <laughs> um, 
Could Amaru have done Volta's job today? Uh, yes. Yep. Who, Get out way, as well. Yeah. Especially on the descents. So it's just different hierarchies, different teams. Also, Amaru is Basque, so he wants to probably go for his best result. I mean, Amaru can get a good GC result in this race. Maybe Benji, they're playing the long game. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking, we keep three guys. I don't know where. Let me see where they all are on GC. Close. They're, we keep three guys within 30 seconds with Aaron Brew as a good descender. That's a problem for Yumbo Visma come stage six. And this was the hardest uphill finish of the race so far. So maybe they're playing the long game. If so, I think there is some justification yeah, for but, the way they're doing it. Yeah, but in stage six, Aaron Brew is going to get slaughtered anyway. You reckon? Oh, yeah. He can be a satellite rider, but he should be getting slaughtered on stage six. Yeah. Anyway, maybe not. that's the plan. I don't think so, though, but we'll see. Anyway, Vingar wins the stage ahead of Lander Mas. Izagira. There's a gap of two seconds, by the way, to Lander. There would not have been a gap without the Agita crash. Uh, Izagira's on eight seconds with Gudu. Gudu got caught up. Then Shkiel Mirza. Felix Gull, nice result. Seventh. Bajoli, eighth. Yates, ninth. Arambaru, tenth. Rocha still finished 11th on 13 seconds. McNulty is UAE's GC leader here because Soleil crashed out and abandoned yesterday with like a broken finger or hand. Thumb. Thumb. Yeah. Um, by the way, remember, I was attacked by a dog in <laughs> uh, Valencia in January 2022. And look at that. Yeah, fingers never you, recovered. You still haven't fixed your finger. Well, it kinda, it's kind of set, <laughs> and I'm not going to get it Can you, fixed. What if you re-break it? I think can that's I how they fix it? it. When I go to Endora? And then no, like, you can surgically set it right. they can fix it. Oh, okay. Would be a good um, video. Benji broke my finger. <laughs> I mean, I live with it. You know, <laughs> professional podcaster. Uh, GC, though, the big losses. Carapaz loses 22 seconds along with Uran. Danny Martinez loses another 26 seconds. Agita loses 20 seconds. So now Vingegaard goes into the GC lead. Landers on five seconds. Gudu on 16. Izagira, you just, you know he's going to finish probably on the podium of this race on 20 seconds. Maas moves up into fifth. Schielmoza on 22. Sobrero's on 23 seconds. He's ahead of Sim uh, Simon Felipe. Arambru eighth on 25 with Bagioli. And Rochas, I would really like Bagioli and Quickstep to see what they can do with him on GC here. Um, maybe stage six is too hard. But yeah, what a stage, Benji. Yeah, what a stage. I kind of like these stages, but on the other hand, if this stage was in Tirreno, it would have been fought much further out, right? Um, that's the sound you just made. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is there is something a little bit sleepier about this race compared to a lot of the other races this year, like brake formation and like. Don't get me wrong; the last thirty k's of this was raced really hard, but as Benji said, it's not kicked off uh, super early. Anyway, stage four tomorrow from Santurzi to Santurzi. They do a loop that is basically from the port of Bilbao. It is another stage which is very difficult <laughs> to assess. 176 kilometers, 
up and down in the Basque countryside all day with no climbs longer than about eight minutes. Uh, let's say seven minutes. There's two intermediate sprints, the second of which is at the top of a little hill at La, La Regada, but that's before the La Sturiana climb. This is the Soler one, I'm pretty sure. It's 3.8Ks, 8.8%, and the overall climb is 7.5Ks, 6.3%. So it is a bit of a fake news climb. The first part is the hard part, the first 4Ks. If you want to go early, the third K is 10.5%. I need to test my memory of Northern Spanish climbs and see if this is the identical stage that uh, your man won. Did he win no. this? Alto de San Miguel de Araler, was it, it was called. Stage two of Vuelta 2020. Are we not talking about that stage? The rainy one with Soler. I swear someone's... A, they've used this climb before and someone's attacked on it. Maybe it was Philippe won the stage last year when Remco attacked on the flat bit at the end. Um, really? Hmm, I don't remember this that much, but then again, my that memory's there. Anyway, it'll come to me. <laughs> what do you think happens tomorrow? It's going to be more Aram selective Buru than attacks. yesterday, right? Okay, uh, let, me, let me retract my statement that Aramburu attacks then. <laughs> or it's probably still possible, the way he's riding. Yeah, he's riding well. <laughs> but it, it is like, it is a properly steep start. Eh? The first four kilometers, so yeah. we know Landa will make a move. He's been doing it every single time. But the thing is, if a large group gets across the four kilometers, then we will get moves of rolling attacks on on the group. And the question is, how many teams will have domestiques after those four kilometers? It depends on who made the moves initially. If Lando goes early, they haven't really responded to him in previous stages as much, but it also wasn't necessarily in the moments where it could be super dangerous. This seems like a moment where it could be actually a bit more dangerous if Lando goes here. So I would expect GC guys to respond, especially after his performance of today. So... I'm going to stick with what I just said. Alex Aramburu attacks on the flatter part at the top and wins the stage. I think Carapaz wins this stage. I think okay. he's far enough back on GC now. If I was EF, I would have him attack on the shallow 4 and 3.5% section at the end of the climb, rolling into the descent. Maybe he gets a companion or two, but he can win a little reduced sprint against GC guys, no problem. He beat Aguita last year, of course, in Catalonia. He's far enough back on GC that if I'm Jonas Vingegaard, am I going to personally close Carapaz down on 34 seconds straight away? Probably not. So I think Aaron Brew won this stage before. I knew I'd looked at this recently. Luke, I've produced this. This is the stage Aaron Brew won, and it finished uphill. It had a hard finish. Notice? How did I not know this? You're not even an Aaron Brew stand, bro. <laughs> Take it out of your bio. <laughs> That's devastating. But he's going to win again. Okay, clear? <laughs> you have to pick him now. He won. That was the raid with Freyla. That was a beautiful... Yeah. That means this... That descent was terrifying, right? Wasn't that like cattle grids and stuff? I, I do was not remember, the my friend. I do not remember. The only thing I know is that Aaron Brew is going to torch everybody. <laughs> Tomorrow. Other good descenders could be like Fryla. Would you would you allow Fryla to go if you're Martinez though? Because 
I kind of wanted him by my side, knowing I could have once again a mechanical in the I descent. I swear Martinez hasn't been. He had a mechanical in the descent today. He has a mechanical <laughs> on every descent. Seriously. It's like Jakobsen with sprints. Um, it's... <laughs> who, by the way, said he had a mechanical today and showed a praise. Yeah, he hit it. <laughs> Guys, it's the first guy to ever have so many problems with an S-Works um, in sprints. Gavs out here on a wheelie trying to make it to... Um, and probably a helmet that is significantly slower. Anyway, Benji's going with Aaron Baru. I'm going with uh, Carapaz or Izagira. I'm hedging my bets. I think it'll be a technical crazy descent. And uh, tune in with about 30Ks to go. Uh, anything else from Basque Country, Benji? Not really. The only thing left for us to talk about is the, the great Flemish sprinting world championships that, honestly, Chaldepre should lose that title at this point. No? I feel like it's still oh. a good sprint stage, but... UAE is more for me than Sjöldepres. Yeah, I mean, UAE... Yeah. The thing with Sjöldepres is, if it has bad weather, it can be a really good race. Last year was a really good race. I would say it was Wellsford's coming out party with Casper Van Uden, who was on the dev team at the time. Um, they really, like, put it to Bora from a, re a very reduced group. Philipson ended up winning that race in terrible weather and wind. Today, it was not so. It was a very straightforward race. We'll cut straight to the sprint pretty much. We do have, as Benji said, it is some called the Sprinters World Championships with Jakobsen, Philipson, no Bennett, Cavendish here, Herben Tyson, Christoph, who else? Wellsford, Ewan, Edward Turns, Groenewegen. So they were largely the teams looking to ride and i think we didn't learn anything from this race benji lotto's lead out was probably better than i expected yeah. devoist and co i think tick to them but the same thing happened with you and he just gets bullied off the wheels by these like wellsford he didn't even try to fight wellsford for philipson's wheel coming back wellsford's yeah, just like Wells 85 kilos and like nah you and saw Wellsford come and I was like, I'm out of here. The yeah. same way that Jakobsen saw the last 100 meters and said, I'm going to have a mechanical. <laughs> and just, <laughs> but, uh, just does his sprint, does 1500 watts, putting in the small ring, his chain just evaporates <laughs> into his, into his frame. like, ah, mechanical again. <laughs> every time, every time. Anyway, what do we see? I feel like going through this sprint, I agree. Lotto had a perfect setup with four riders going into the last one and a half kilometers. I did feel like the third rider disappeared faster than I expected him to. The burst held on really long, but I also yeah. think would have ended too quick if Ewan was still on the wheel. So I don't think Ewan would have won from the burst wheel if he was in that position. Because we see then that Ewan lost that wheel, like you said, and then still fights Moschetti for the fourth position or fifth position. We've got this setup going into the final stretch. The burst, Ricard, Philipson, Wellsford, and then Ewan in the wheel on the left side of the road and a bunch of other sprinters on the right side of the road, basically. But I feel like when the bice was done, Ricard had to still lead out a tiny bit. Yeah. And that was really... I don't want to... Like, Ricard's a good lead out, but he was out of energy. He had no legs left. So It, it was super late. It was almost like I was surprised Philipson hadn't jumped. Like, yeah, I'm but, not even... It was sprint time. Because Cavalry launched. And when Ricard went to the side, Philipson kind of moved to the wheel of the bice, who was still in the front. Yeah, and then launched from the wheel of the burst when all the others were already launching on the other side of the road. Like you say, Mark Cav was already on. 
We saw Edward, Edward Turns. Turns also flying past. Turns taking the head position with Cavendish next to him. But I think Turn makes the mistake there of legally not closing the door. As in, he could have closed the door, I think, legally, because Philipson was not there. But he decides to leave the space open. And oh, I'm saying open, but 99% of sprinters yeah. cannot fit through that gap. But Philipson folds himself in four pieces, folds himself completely in half, and threat of that, right? He, well, he doesn't, he barely sprints. You know what I mean? Like, we, we didn't see, like, when Marcel Kittel used to win this race, he goes at 250. We see a guy sprinting for 20 seconds. Philipson won this all on positioning. Plus, he has the speed. It's positioning, timing. He's in the wheel of basically he's getting the benefit of Lotto's lead out where Ewan should be. And then as turns comes over, turns gives him some draft and then he slides out and five pedal strokes could well sort of beaten him. Who knows? Because by the time he's the finish line's already there because the lead out's finished so late because I think this wasn't that hard a race compared to what it could be usually. And Wellsford tries to slide underneath, but there's no space. Philipson didn't open the door, nor is he obliged to do so. Mm-hmm. And Philipson wins this race in back-to-back years. I will say Vanderpool did a good job in the last sort of four case as well. He did this race for some midweek training, I think, seeing the weather forecast, just keeping... He wasn't the last man like in Torreno. That was Rickart. And also for a safety reasons, probably smart. But yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Are you telling me you did not watch the entirety of Schelde Preis? Because nah. something happened to Vanderpool. He might have checked the weather conditions, but he looked up into the sky and saw a bird shitting on his helmet. <laughs> and then he went to the car to get the <laughs> bird shit luck? off his helmet. It clearly resulted in good luck for the team, but <laughs> it's pretty funny to see. Ah, well. We'll see. Yeah, maybe he's on for Roubaix then. Um, second monument of the year. But yeah, Philipson wins ahead of Wellsford. Cavendish third, Grenovec in fourth, Tyson fifth, turns Valshine, Ewan a disappointing eighth. Ahead uh, of Einhorn and Nitzolo. I will say Cavendish. I, I I would love to see his numbers. I would love to see them. Because he's in the wind for so much longer than Philipson and Wellsford. He's on the open right side. He's taken bumps from turns. I'd love to see if he's at the same level as last year. I reckon he is. Because... Like, obviously, it helped that it was an easy stage and it's pancake flat, but I don't, finishing third with those guys in the leadouts the whole time, I don't know. I think encouraging signs if you're a Cavendish fan. Now, even if he is in even better shape, doesn't have quick step train, doesn't have the quick step equipment, doesn't have the quick step sprint know-how in the car, so... Those are big, important things, but at least I think his legs are pretty good. Yes, correct. All right. <laughs> Anything else we got, Benji? From Schelderpreis, men's we don't. Women's Schelderpreis existed and was a pretty good sprint race as well. Same scenario, going to a sprint where this time SD Works got the better of DSM when it comes to the lead out because Guarishki was doing the lead out for Rivers in the final stretch. And it was a good lead out, straight up honest. Gonsani moves on the right side. And Wibbers launches from the wheel of Guarishi with Cole in the wheel. And Wibbers launches and Cole tries to come over on the left side, but never really gets over. And Gonsani just finishes third. 
behind them. So we will score on Sonny. If you would have predicted three riders before the stage, looking at the start list, you probably would have predicted that order, and that's how they finished it. So not much learned. Wibbs is still the fastest sprinter, in my opinion, although Cole is very, very close. And to the point where if Wibbs is not in the best position, that Cole could win. So it's kind of like we've got a competition now, but it's so close that if either of them make a mistake, the other one wins. Yeah, I think so. I still have Vibas as better. Yeah. I still think she's the fastest woman on earth. But you're right, Cole is close enough that Vibas can't just launch it 300 meters and unless it's like a Nokira course to finish and win, she has to play her cards right. Um, but yeah, maybe we need to bring back. I feel like we haven't had enough crosswinds this classic season. The weather's been too good. Maybe Paru Bay will um, provide it. We haven't had. Brooke at a panel is a little bit miserable from memory, but not, not miserable A little enough. bit miserable. Yeah. <laughs> it's always cold. Jesus. was echelons everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Lampard was having a great time. Yeah, so Brooke <laughs> at a panel provide, but not in the Convevo um, this year. Wait for anyway. it. The Giro is coming. Giro doesn't have wind. <laughs> it doesn't. It's illegal to have an echelon in Italy. <laughs> like... Yumbo Visma tried it in Torreno, and I'm pretty sure Maraveni called Richard Pluger and said, you better cut this shit out <laughs> because <laughs> we're going to have Filippo Ganna staying in the jersey after this stage. Thank you very much. Uh, we don't do it like this in Italy. Anyway, we have the Paris Bay preview. We'll record tomorrow morning. We'll have that up ASAP. Uh, but yeah, I'm keen to see Basque Country continue to unfold. To me, it feels like it's gradually building towards yep. that big Saturday stage where anything can happen so but yeah anything can happen but in the end adam Budu always wins well he doesn't always win sometimes he sells out his teammates he wins in her heart maybe i knew he won that bass stage though so <laughs> then well you, after someone told you <laughs> i had it somewhere i had it somewhere <laughs> um by the way but yes. how did your horse do oh he came fifth but listen horse racing now that we're on the tangent, <laughs> I've never let a lack of experience in a topic hold me back from firmly expressing my views. If I had, then we wouldn't be here today, given that I started making videos analyzing cycling tactics based on not very much. Um, based on cricket. Yeah, based on <laughs> I watched a few cricket games. So, so uh, horse racing is no different. And... Um, there's a few fundamental principles that seem obvious to me that seem to go ignored by trainers, which is that there is an overwhelming advantage running in the first four or five horses in a race. Pack markets don't win as often. Of course, in the betting market, that is adjusted and accounted for. So, of course, you can still bet on back markers, but when you're the owner of the horse and that's irrelevant, you know, if you're in barrier one, you draw well, you probably want to be putting the horse in the front four positions on a heavy track, but fortunately they didn't do that. Uh, they also, there's a thing, you know, could you imagine Sepp Kuss at shoulder price? Yes, but not very good. But like, would Yumbo ever send Sepp Kuss to shoulder price? No. <laughs> no. I was looking so, for like, a scenario, but not <laughs> fucking happening. Horses, you know, they run probably in their career 35 to 40 times. So they have a decent career. And every first time back from a 
a preparation, they run the horse at a distance way too short. And I don't know what the whether there's data that supports it, but I think it's one of those things that has just always been done the way that it's been done. And you know, if it's a miler, run it a mile first up would be my suggestion, not twelve hundred meters. Um, so listen, we might have to have a horse racing spin-off podcast if there's appetite for it. I've, I've got thoughts. I actually know more about horse racing than cycling, if we're honest. Um, well, to be fair, Estrada Bianca was that for the women's race. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And if you watch my Instagram, you saw I corralled that very horse a week later outside my house. Cavalli but... interview. <laughs> very good. All right, <laughs> that's enough. Rogue Bear, he's coming for you. Two weeks, he'll be back at Hawkesbury, I think. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 